Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Look around and you'll see 
Oh, no. 
as we gaze with awe and pride together we behold true is the gold of Yerushalayim Irakoidesh shining high and strong and no
Look inside through the heart of a Jew. Open up its many doors. And the soul that you'll see there inside is a reflection of yours. For each soul is a part of one whole that joins us to each other. We are all part of one another and we have always been
Sham in the AM. <coughs> Excuse me. Avramel Avram Freed. Once I played his brand new Bekarov Mamash. And I heard from a friend of mine uh, in Israel uh, earlier today, about a half hour ago, I said, and they were describing the uh, what's going on in Israel right now with the incredible, um, the incredible feeling of achdos, of unity that's going on right now. I mean, we felt it obviously when we were there, but in certain parts of the world, I think it's starting to wane a bit, but in Israel, it's not. The uh, unity there is remarkable. And as uh, this person said to me on the phone, everyone, right to left, feels they're, they're part of something very, very big, very, very big, a very, very bright future, despite the uh, terrible situation that's going on right now. Obviously, the uh, most acute of these situations is the uh, hostage situation. Big price has been paid for this unity. A lot of soldiers, a lot of civilians... A lot of funerals, a lot of shiva, a lot of shloshim. Today, of course, the shloshim of those who perished on Shemini Atzeris. But uh, there is a degree, a degree of obviously of closure in those situations. There's a degree of closure in the um, circumstances of the wounded who hopefully are, are on the mend. And those who are not, unfortunately, you know, the reality sets in and the the, the new direction for the future becomes clearer. But when it comes to the hostages, there is no closure. When families are waiting, thinking about what the fate is of their children, of their siblings, of their parents, of their grandparents, of their babies, that is a situation that every single day when we pray, we must uh, ramp up our uh, plea to the one above to help the Israelis help the IDF secure the release, safe release of those hostages as soon as possible. So when I was being told by this person, who, by the way, has six children in the army, four in Gaza, two up north. Thank God so far so good. Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, B'liayin Hara. I said, you know what? After the uh, Bikarov Mamish selection, we've got to play No Jew Will Be Left Behind, and we have to play Forever One, a song that uh, is quite old as Jewish music standards go, but um, or at least modern Jewish music standards. <laughs> There's some songs in our tradition that are much, much older. <laughs> but um, it's one that resonates with an amazing and an incredible theme. Ari Goldwagen, Yitzhi Kaplowitz before that with Anenu. Tamid Ene Hashem is David Lowy, Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masach Hashem, and of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Monday, everybody, on this November the 6th of 2023, day number 22 in the month of Cheshvan. The year is, uh, Mar Cheshvan, the year is 5784, Tavshin Pei Dalid. It is the Shloshim of um, those who perished on Shemini Atzeris. In some ways, it's gone by quickly. In some ways, it's gone by slowly. For those who have family who have been abducted, it's going through or going on, I should say, with tremendous pain and with tremendous agony. So what is our responsibility on this side of the world? Well, uh, we've outlined a lot of that in the last month. 
We've made a lot of recommendations in terms of our responsibility financially and otherwise. Today, it's pretty simple. Um, It was announced on this show on um, Friday. It was announced that, um, that there will be a rally today on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, specifically marking the 30 days specifically marking the shloshim of the victims. Today, according to this, the gates open at 4 p.m. and the program will begin at 5.30. And they are recommending that you walk into the area from Central Park West um, from 83rd to 85th. Excuse me, it's happening on Central Park West from 83rd to 85th Street. Enter from Columbus Avenue and 84th or 85th Street. That's the recommendation in order to get there. It's United for Israel, presented by the UJA Federation and the JCRC. Again, marking 30 days today, Central Park West from 83rd to 85th. Enter from Columbus Avenue at 84th or 85th. The worldwide Jewish community changed forever on October the 7th. One month later, we come together to mark this moment, united in heartbreak and solidarity as we stand as one for Israel. Join a powerful, vigilant rally. Hear from elected officials, community leaders, and others. God Elbaz and Idan Reichel will be there with special performances. You can email unitedforisrael at ujafednewyork.org, unitedforisrael at ujafedny.org. There are many, many sponsoring organizations. Um, And I hope there'll be a lot of people there. I hope there'll be a lot of people there. It's happening today. Again, the program begins at 5.30, Central Park West from 83rd to 85th. You ask what we can do. Here's an example of what we can do. We can be there for our brothers and sisters. Simple as that. Um... Now... Also on Friday, we had an announcement regarding Washington. Now, I don't have <laughs> I don't have that many further details about what's happening in Washington a week from tomorrow, other than it's one o'clock at the Capitol. And actually that's a, that's an important piece of information. At least people know how to plan out their day. It is one o'clock at the Capitol. And that is happening um, a Tuesday, uh, one week from tomorrow. I'll be in Israel. I, I, it's one of, the, one of the only valid excuses for not being in Washington is I'll be in Israel that day broadcasting. Please, God. But the huge gathering in Washington supporting Israel and standing together as the American Jewish community at this challenging moment is scheduled for November the 14th, which is a week from tomorrow, Tuesday, at 1 p.m. at the National Mall. Now... First of all, kudos to those schools that have already ordered buses. They did this on the rumor that this was happening, which I thought was remarkable. Uh, There are schools who are taking eight buses, ten buses, four buses, some more, uh, to Washington on on Tuesday. And they plan on getting there by 1 p.m. and participating in the rally. It's going to be a long day. But what are we teaching our children, if not Israel advocacy? 
if not being there for our brothers and sisters in Israel. As I said last night, the Bialystoker Synagogue was the place and the community here on the Lower East Side was kind enough to ask me to address the, uh, the Shloshim gathering. How on earth can we sit by and do nothing? We remember 20 years ago when the uh, Holocaust survivors were furious that, Orthodox, that certain Orthodox institutions found every excuse not to participate in the Washington rally when they would have given anything to, ha- to have had a voice in Washington during the 1940s. Let's not make that mistake. Let's make sure to uh, rev up the action. Follow Yeshiva University, who canceled the entire day of shiurim and classes so everybody can be in Washington on the 14th. Follow what so many of our high schools, especially in the Yeshiva League, are doing. Sending students down bus after bus after bus next Tuesday in order to be in Washington at 1 o'clock. I hope... I hope New York, Baltimore, Philly, I don't know, maybe Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I hope that people will be coming from all over in order to participate. It's not just students, by the way. Those who could take the day off from work. You know, last night I spoke about convenient excuses. Obviously, if someone can't take off from work, we get it. (laughs) We get it. There are a lot of people in really sensitive situations, right? Baby care, child care situations, work situations. We get it. But at least make the effort. Try your hardest to be there. If you can't make it, you can't make it. But the convenient excuses are just intolerable. Everyone's goal should be to be in one. Unless, you know, again, I'm in Israel next Tuesday, so I still believe that's an exception. Um, We haven't decided if we're rearranging that trip. Right now we're keeping it the way it is. Um, But... uh, but if, you, but if you're not in Israel showing support to our brethren, be in Washington showing support to our brethren. And again, if you can't make it in the end, totally understood. Make the effort is all we ask. Make the effort. Do what you can. Yeah. People are in very hard situations. Today also, by the way, rally starts at 530 on the Upper West Side. Thousands of people are listening to me right now, all of whom hopefully want to go. Some can go and some can't. You know, Jewish communities spread all over the place. But the goal is to go. The goal is to go. Can't make it work practically okay. Anyway, so that's the story. A Tuesday, a week from tomorrow, Washington, D.C., another one of these once-in-a-generation rallies, hopefully once-in-a-generation. Hopefully it's not necessary again. Uh, many people remember the rally of 1987 toward the end of the uh, time that the Soviet Jews were being held in the Soviet Union. December 1987, many of you, of course, recall April 2000, so I believe it was was 02, if not, then it was 03, but you recall 20 years ago, the march on Washington, and and now we have it again. We have a desperate time when we must, I mean, there are, I said this last night, there are free Palestine rallies popping up in every major city in the United States every other day. How on earth do we not send a massive delegation to Washington next Tuesday? How's it possible? Just doesn't make sense. So we got, we've got to try our best. And again, you know, the youth shall lead them. It is uh, the, the reports I've gotten about schools in New York City and New Jersey 
that have already rented insane numbers of buses to take as many students as possible on this rally is unbelievable. Just unbelievable. So keep it going and uh, keep planning. And, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people heading down by train. That's a a very, very much preferred method of heading down to D.C. (coughs) Easy to get around once you're in the area. And obviously train is more comfortable. A lot of people will be taking a train. I remember the uh, now now becoming very nostalgic. Nineteen eighty one was it? I think it was eighty one or eighty two. The AWACS sale, right? Remember that the AWACS being sold to Saudi Arabia? I assume was it Saudi Arabia, Syria? It's amazing. I don't remember. Um, and we went down by train. There were there were a million of us on the train. It was it was. In, I remember that scene at Penn Station that morning. It was crazy. Um. So, you know, a lot of people by train, obviously plenty of people by car. Some may stay overnight Monday night, which a lot of people did last time around. They stayed overnight in Washington and took the metro into town. So there are a lot of options, a lot of different things. Yeah, people could Uber. You could Uber from New York and New Jersey to Washington, have someone drop you off. Just get there is all we're asking. Just get there. So, again, Tuesday, 1 p.m., National Mall, November the 14th. And here's what it says here in this email. A massive turnout is absolutely necessary to support Israel and to counter the terrible anti-Semitism. And by the way, it's another thing. It's not just a free Palestine rallies. We're also marching against all these anti-Semitic activities, official and unofficial, that are going on on college campuses and other places. If you really truly believe that this is pre, you know, pre, uh, uh, pre-war Germany, if you really believe this is 1930s Germany, then you got to try your hardest to be in Washington. Counter the terrible anti-Semitism currently taking place around the country and around the world. Please begin to organize your organization's participation. Yeah, that says it all. That says it all. Anyway, whatever you could do, everybody. And again, kudos to those schools that jumped all over this. A lot of them jumped all over this immediately. It was pretty amazing. Uh, Last Friday already. And started to um, order those buses and uh, get ready. Hey, I want to take this opportunity to wish um, Haley and Yoni a mazel tov. That's right. Haley and Yoni Pollock are proud parents of a brand new baby girl. Their firstborn was born yesterday on the 5th of November. And we say mazel tov from all of us here at JMN. What, a, what an amazing piece of news to say the least. And to the Ramras. And Pollock families, both of whom we know for a while, the Ramras family we know for a long, long time. <laughs> a very special mazel tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Enjoy the brand new daughter and granddaughter. And may she bring you tremendous nachas. And, um, and what amazing news we get to share with everybody. So yes, everyone, if you're wondering why Yoni won't be on the air at 10 a.m. this morning, now you know why. Uh, but again, from all of us, a very special mazel tov to a couple that means a tremendous amount to us on their brand new baby girl. More coming up. It is a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. And um, the the next edition of Meir Milim, uh, which is happening at 9 a.m. Eastern time with our Benji Kramer, he will analyze Tehillim chapter... 83 now chapter 83 
uh, years ago was the chapter that we said every day um, for the release of Soviet Jews and uh, in honor of Jews in dangerous situations around the world. Every day we would say it in our synagogue. And it, it has not really moved into the uh, current uh, Tehillim standards. Most people, of course, are saying the Shir Lamalos and Shir Hamalos paragraphs that we're very used to. But the Shir Mizmar Asaf Pei Gimel, is a very, very important um, chapter of Tehillim, especially for these days. So um, Benji Kramer, Rabbi Benji Kramer, may ear me limb, 9 a.m. Eastern time this morning. He will analyze Tehillim chapter number 83 that's coming up right here after JM in the AM. And um, I want to thank him for doing this for us every single week. A shout-out to our friends at uh, Yeshiva Flatbush. They are in Israel. Yes, 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 they are in Israel. Uh, Not everybody has been able to uh, head over there yet to the Holy Land, although there are a lot of people planning to go. That I could tell you. I know from uh, some of the people in the travel industry that there are a lot of groups going during this month of November. Kolakavod, Kolakavod. Yeshiva Flatbush and their delegation is there now. They left Motzei Shabbos Saturday night. They are there now. Kolakavod. Knowing them, they'll be in Washington next week as well. And uh, what can I say? A, a tremendous effort to put together a group of parents and students and uh, administrators, lay leaders, etc., to be in Israel, show support, and uh, bring positive messages to Israel at this time. Kol HaKavod. More coming up. It's Mordechai Ben David at JM in the AM.
Oh, yes. Shevet Achim Gamyacha. JM and the AM as we wrap up hour number one. Thanks so much for tuning in from around the world. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Segal Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Hine Mato from Piamenta, Mordechai Ben David's Od Yeshvu. Reminder today is the rally at the 84th and Central Park West. Today is the rally, UJA Federation, JCRC. At 84th Street in Central Park West, Upper West Side of Manhattan. Please make sure to be there. Program will start at 5.30 p.m. A week from tomorrow, it's Washington, 1 p.m. on the National Mall. Uh, those of you out there who are uh, just hearing about this, if you lead an organization, if you lead a synagogue, if you lead a school, uh, order those buses now, today. Get in touch with the people who normally take care of your buses. Those buses, I would assume, I pray, are going quickly. So uh, whatever you could do to uh, secure your spots for your students, for your congregants, for your organization, for your members, for your lay leaders, everyone is expected to converge on Washington, D.C. a week from tomorrow. And obviously, if one cannot, if one makes the effort and cannot make it, I get that. That's Those are not the people I'm addressing. <laughs> if you can't because of child care, because of your work, if it's impossible to get away, I totally get that. But let the first attitude be, can I make this happen? Can I be there in Washington one week from tomorrow? That's the question. The convenient excuses that people come up with immediately, especially on the level of being an institution or an organization, uh, who are not willing to participate is inexcusable, in my opinion. Make the effort. Those who are able to make it, call like a vote. That's the goal. <clears throat> the goal is that uh, a million people try to make it, and uh, we end up with a massive crowd in Washington, D.C. I am in Israel that day. Valid excuse. Um, and again, if you have a valid excuse, no problem. Let's eliminate the invalid excuses and get as many people as possible to Washington a week from tomorrow. That's the goal. Speak to your organizational heads. Get it going. Uh, Upper West Side later today, 84th and Central Park West. 84th and Central Park West. The suggestion is to enter that area from Columbus Avenue and 84th Street. That program will begin at 5.30 p.m. Kalitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMM. Kalitzal, Mirushalayim, Asha'a 2, Shalom Rav, Ba'ulpan, Rani Avnai, Ima Shekore Achshav. Samal Rishon, Shachar Kohen Mivtach, Shenafal Etmol Birtsuat Azah, Yuval Yimnuchot, Be'od Gesha'a, Bachilka Atzvayit, Shebevet Ha'almin Becharmiel. Aviv Shel Shachar, Adoktor Erez Kohen, Shichzer Etzel Yaelda, Netzichatam Ha'acharona. הוא היה בחושה שחרור, הוא היה בבית, הוא פץ מהבית בשביעי לחודש. למעשה מיום שישי שעבר, לפני שבוע וחצי, לא דיברנו איתו עד אתמול בבוקר, בסביבות תשע וחצי עשר. הוא הצליח לתפוס איזה טלפון ועשה סבב טלפונים לכולנו. הוא סיפר שהוא במקום טוב ושהם עושים דברים מדהימים ושהוא בטוח, הוא מוגן. אמרתי לו שאני אוהב אותו ושישמור על עצמו, וזו הייתה השיחה האחרונה. אזעקה נשמעת עכשיו ברעים, אזעקה ברעים. כתבתנו בבירה נועה ברנס מוסיפה כי בשעה זו מובא למנוחות בהר הרצל רב סמל ראשון במילואים נערן אשחר מפקד טנק בן 33 משדמות מחולה שמת מפצעיו לאחר שנפצע בהתהפכות טנק בצפון לפני כשבוע. עכשיו אזעקות גם בעין השלושה, אזעקות בעין השלושה. ראש ממשלת הרשות הפלסטינית מוחמד אשטייה הודיע הבוקר כי הרשות לא תקבל את כספי המיסים המגיעים לה אם ישראל תקזז מהם 140 מיליוני שקלים המיועדים לעזה והאשים זו החלטה פוליטית ידיעה שמסר כתבנו לעניינים ערביים ג'קי חוגי
משפחות החטופים מפגינות בשעה זו מול משכן הכנסת בירושלים בדרישה להתנות סיוע הומניטרי במתן תרופות לחטופים והתנגדות להפסקת אש שאינה כוללת את השבת החטופים. בתוך כך, ועדת העבודה והרווחה אישרה לקריאה שנייה ושלישית את הצעת החוק לפיצויים לבני משפחות חטופים ונעדרים. מדווחת כתבתנו שירה שפי. על פי הצעת החוק יועבר מענק על סך 90 אלף שקלים להוריו ולבן או בת הזוג של החטוף או הנעדר. כמו כן, 21 אלף שקלים חדשים ישולמו לכל בן משפחה נוסף, כולל אחים וילדים, גם מתחת לגיל 21. שני המענקים ישולמו אחת לשלושה חודשים, כל עוד לא נודע גורלו של הנעדר וטרם שוחרר החטוף. עבור משפחות בהן מספר נעדרים וחטופים, נקבעה תקרה למענק בגובה 200 אלף שקלים. בעקבות התבטאויות שפרסם המחזאי חמד אמירי נגד ישראל, תיאטרון החאן החליט להקפיא את ההכנות לעליית ההצגה "הילד עם שני הלבבות" שכתב, והייתה צפויה לעלות בהמשך השנה בתיאטרון. לאחר שטען בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כי ישראל מבצעת רצח עם בעזה, מנהל תיאטרון החאן יורם ברוורמן מסר, אין אנו יכולים לפאר יצירה של סופר זה. ידיעה שמסרה כתבת התרבות מאיה קרן. חמ"ל התצפיות של גזרת נחל עוז הוקם אמש מחדש במחנה רעים כחודש לאחר מתקפת הפתע הרצחנית של ארגון הטרור חמאס. הנה דברים שאמרה סמלת א', מפקדת החמ"ל. נחל עוז זה הבית. כל מי שהיה שם אי פעם יגיד. המשפט הזה היה כתוב על קיר בטון מחוץ לחמ"ל באותיות גדולות וורודות. ועכשיו נפתח חמ"ל חדש ישן. החמ"ל מעורבב עם בלון של סדיר ומילואים, מכל המלחמות ומכל השנים. והאופי של החמ"ל יישאר, גם אם המיקום שלנו כרגע השתנה. אנחנו ממשיכות להילחם בשביל המדינה ולזכרן של הבנות ושל הבית. מכאן למזג האוויר, ירידה קלה בטמפרטורות, ואלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
scatter to the four winds. We lost our home, our land, our temple, and freedom. We leave through everything they could give us. By the hand of God, we're back with a brand new beginning. Coming home. Chosen people are gonna start coming home. Chosen people are gonna start coming home. Back to Canaan, milk and honey in the promised land. It's one big family reunion in the family of man. Bracha, 
Jam in the AM as we continue to pray for our soldiers. We continue to pray for our brothers and sisters who are on the front lines. I mentioned earlier this morning, just about a little over an hour ago, I spoke to a friend of mine in Israel. Four of his children are in Gaza, two are on the northern border. Just think about that. Think about the uh, the sacrifice, the agony of being a parent and wondering what's happening with your children as four are fighting in Gaza and two are up north. And we see what the random attacks up north are doing. We are losing some of our best in these random missile strikes by the enemy up north. Today, uh, we're encouraging everybody and spending a lot of time today talking about the Upper West Side rally. Every rally has to be well attended. You see what the enemy is doing on a regular basis in all the major cities. They are putting together these free Palestine rallies, including including in Washington, D.C. this past weekend. We're asking everybody in the New York, New Jersey area, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Upper West, if you're able to do it, the default should be that you try your hardest to do it. Yeah, I'm giving a whole course now on, on rally attendance. You start with, can I do this? And you think about creative ways to get into Manhattan. It's hard. It's hard to, end, uh, to, to, to stop your work day or your school day and get into Manhattan. So you think about whether you could do it. It's 84th and Central Park West. 84th Street and Central Park West program begins at 5.30. You try your hardest. You're not able to do it in the end. Okay. People have other, you know, people have lives and other things that are going on. But don't dismiss it out of hand. Think about whether it's possible. That, that's how we get big crowds. When a million people think about whether they can make it and then, you know, a percentage of that are able to end up showing up. So today, if you're able to be there, 5.30 is when the program begins. It's 84th and Central Park West. The recommendation is to walk in to that area from Columbus and 84th Street. And let's hope it's a major rally. Let's hope that it is a uh, a, a well-attended rally. A week from tomorrow is Washington, D.C. Ironically, we'll be in Israel broadcasting, but a week from tomorrow is Washington, D.C., and we're encouraging everybody to be there at the National Mall, 1 p.m., we need a big showing there, a big showing. We need a national showing, people from everywhere. And kudos. Uh, on Friday, we made the announcement about the rally, and within minutes, schools ordered buses in order to make sure they secured enough buses for their students, the number of students they have, to go to Washington. Yeshiva University has canceled its entire day. All shiurim and all classes will not be taking place on campus on the 14th of November, so that everybody can go to Washington. Um, the high schools, especially in our Yeshiva League, that have uh, reserved many, many buses to make sure that every student, faculty member, parents, uh, lay leaders, that they could all attend. Phenomenal. What a job. 
And as we said, there are other recommendations. You could drive down the night before on Monday night. You could take a train Tuesday morning. If you want to be even more comfortable, there are other ways to get to Washington. And we're not expecting people of a certain age to go. It's a long day and a tough day. But those who are able to, make it your default. Make it your default. What can I do? I'm, I'm going to be in Washington next Tuesday. If something comes up, child care, your job doesn't let you go. All right. So, you know, that happens. But start with, you know, what can I do to make sure to be there? And those institutions, I said I alluded to what happened 20 years ago, those institutions that, that are finding convenient excuses not to go or minimizing the importance of going. We, we have, as, as, as lay people in the community, we have an obligation to change their mind. We have an obligation to make them realize that last time around with one of these major Washington rallies, Orthodox Holocaust survivors were horrified by institutions within our community that would not endorse the rally and encourage people to go. They said, halavai, halavai, we had a voice in Washington in the 1940s. Halavai, we had this opportunity to hit the streets and make our voices heard. Last night, I had the privilege, and I say that seriously, of speaking for a community-wide Shloshim observance at the Bialystoker Synagogue here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And I, and I took the responsibility very seriously. I measured every word that I said. Um, I thought that was the only way to show tremendous respect for the crowd that was gathered, and it was large. It was large. For this area of Lower Manhattan, with two days' notice, it was a pretty big crowd. So I said the following about the rally because uh, I, I, I prepared a paragraph on this very topic of, you know, let the, def- let the default be that we're going. And if God forbid you can't go, you can't go. That's understood. I'm not going to criticize anybody who tried to go and couldn't make it. But let the default be that uh, we're heading to Washington. And I I said the following. Here's the quote from last night. If we compare the brutality of the enemy on Shmini Atzeres to the Nazis, and if we truly believe that what is happening in America today is similar to 1930s Germany, then how is it possible to stay away from Washington next week? Yeah. Yeah. If we compare the brutality of the enemy on Shmini Atzeres to the Nazis, and if we truly believe that what is happening in America today is similar to 1930s Germany, then how is it possible to stay away from Washington next week? Next week's Washington gathering, by the way, unlike those in the past, which concentrated on Soviet jury, concentrated on the threat of Iran, concentrated on the Intifada and people, uh, you know, wantonly uh, killing Jews in Israel. This is now us. This is now us. It's not just getting together to protest on behalf of Israel and to let Washington say to Israel, do what you need to get done. We're also gathering on the streets out of the uh, terrible out of the terrible atmosphere that has been formulated, that has been permeating 
college campuses and the corporate world and the political world were gathering in Washington because there are public officials, including members of the House of Representatives, that are doing and saying outrageous things and having a lot of influence. We're gathering in Washington because because anti-Semitic rallies and threats and violence is happening every other day in every major city in this country, the way some of these rallies are taking place, the free Palestine ones. We're gathering together in Washington because we need to put a stop to this. We need public officials and um, public safety officials to understand the enormity of this anti-Semitism that's happening now in this country, that's manifesting itself, that's showing its, that's rearing its ugly head, so to speak. So we're not just marching in Washington thinking about what's going on in Israel, although, frankly, it's a major part of it. We're also marching in Washington because we've had it. We've had it with what's happening here. We've had it with the college campuses. We've had it with political officials. We've had it with people in, respons- in, 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 in areas of responsibility who are acting and speaking irresponsibly. So with all that in mind, I hope everyone plans to go. And I, I mean, we're going to be in Israel, but uh, already we're making plans to um, check in with our staff members who will be down there. Uh, obviously, we'll be on the air live Tuesday from Jerusalem uh, at a time that everyone's going to be heading down to Washington. I hope you'll be listening to this show as you head down. And then, um, and then the next day, obviously, we'll have an opportunity to recap things and hopefully report that Washington was was too small for the number of Israel supporters and Jewish community supporters that showed up. It was just teeming with people all over the place. That's the, uh, the report I hope we'll be able to talk about next Wednesday morning here at JM in the AM. It's a Monday morning broadcast today, the rally in New York, Upper West Side, you know where. It'll be uh, 84th Street and Central Park West. Make sure to be there. Do your darndest to be in attendance today. 5.30 p.m. on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. More coming up at JM in the AM. Hey. 
in the world till there'll be peace in the world peace in Yerushalayim it's still Yom Kippur Yisrael betach b'ashem you know, friends, sometimes it makes me sad, but sometimes it makes me happy. Israel has no friends in the world. The Holy Land, the only people of Israel are all alone. But you know what we have?
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Kalbach, Yisrael Batach Shem Lo Alecha, done by Mordechai Shapiro before that. Some of these signs at the pro-Israel rallies are so clever. This one says, exchange each hostage for 100 pro-Hamas U.S. students. Good for Israel, good for the U.S.A., Good for Hamas, educational for students. I love these signs and messages that show the absurdity of those who are supporting the enemy. It is amazing. I mean, as logical as it is, it's not going to have much effect on them, but it's just amazing. Anyway, rally today, everybody. Rally today, 84th and Central Park West. A week from tomorrow, it's Washington, D.C. Check with your school, your shul, your organization. Make sure they're renting buses and starting plans to uh, get down to Washington next week. There's also the train. There's also Uber. There's also driving by car and staying in the Washington area the night before. Whatever you want. All different options. Just do your best to, uh, to be there a week from tomorrow. We will be in Israel. We will have correspondence, obviously, both before and after the rally who will join us on JM and the AM Tuesday and Wednesday while we're in Jerusalem. We have some amazing things planned for Israel. I hope on the way down to the rally, you'll be listening to us, JM and the AM from the Holy City. I hope that uh, the next day you'll be listening to us again live as we broadcast from the Holy City. We will again be uh, bringing messages of support and uh, togetherness and unity to our brothers and sisters in Israel all at the same time reporting to you about how they're doing. By the way, some, we'll get to Rabbi Goldwasser in a moment. By the way, someone wrote to me this morning about the anti-Netanyahu rallies, and they fear that, God forbid, we could be heading to another time of disunity. I'll tell you, based on what we saw and the people we spoke to last time we were in Israel, I don't think that's going to cause any disunity in the country. Unfortunately for Bibi Netanyahu, I don't know if there is any significant minority, forget majority, I don't know if there's any significant minority that is against him leaving office or being uh, removed from office. That's that, that. That's what we felt two, three weeks ago. I'm assuming it's the same now. Obviously, one of the best authorities on this, Rabbi Fast, will join us on the air on Tuesday from our um, temporary studio in Nefesh Benefesh in Jerusalem. We'll ask him this question, but unfortunately, I think that might be the case. I don't know if too many people would be fighting to make sure that he remain in power. But again, now let's be most concerned with the hostages, with the operation, with the safety of our soldiers north and south. And then I guess uh, in Israel, they'll get to everything else at some point. One would have to at least assume so. 
This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old world classics, beef fry, kishka, and more. And modern, better for you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, and reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net. Take a 10% discount with promo code radio and try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. Someone mentioned to me that they had A&H. This, we actually served it at the Kiddish's past Shabbos. Yeah, delish. Absolutely delish. <laughs> Thank you, Seth, and everybody at A&H. It just, it tastes, it, not only does it taste better than other salamis, it actually does taste healthier. I mean, Seth has explained to us how it actually is healthier than the other, uh, you know, salamis on the market. But it, it tastes that way. It just tastes, you know, it tastes really, really good. Rabbi David Goldwasser, I apologize for being a drop behind schedule for Rabbi Goldwasser. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, and here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. During a time of challenge for Klau Yisrael, the Rosh Hashiva Ponovich, Rabbi Lazar Menachem Manshach, suggested that the community undertake three things. Those are Torah study, to add to our limudim each and every day. The second is to do chasadim in tzedaka, to see where we can be of help to other people in the community, to people in Eretz Yisrael, to the soldiers in Eretz Yisrael, or to the hostages. The third is that an individual should daven. Tefillah is something that is yekaramitzias. It is precious. Even an individual that thinks that their tefillah is not important, even that tefillah, the tefillah from a person that's humble, the tefillah from a person that does not even know how to pray properly, will be oyle especially at this time, will ascend on high. The Hamak Dover said that these days, diyomi melu, merutsim lezikaron toiv, are especially pleasing before Hashem, Anyone that says tefillah, like it says, Bishas Melchama, is an Esratzon for tefillah, Lahasig Yeshua. That during the time of war, any prayers are Oyle the tefillahs go straight to Shamayim in order to be Masig the Yeshua, to get salvation and victory. The great Sadik Reb Yitzchok Isaac of Kamarna once said on the Pasuk in Matos, he shall not profane his word according to whatever comes from his mouth. So shall he do. The great Sadiq said, an individual should never think that their tefillahs are not accepted. They should know that whatever will come from their mouth, whatever tefillahs, whatever bakashas a person will say, they will indeed make a strong impression in the heavens, and they will be answered, Ya'aseh. Bezus Hashem, may we soon hear of the victory of Klau Yisrael. May we soon hear of the imminent release of all of the hostages back home safe and sound, and the return of each and every soldier safe and sound. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. In Besuros Tavos, Bekarov.
fading, about to show your face. The whole wide world's becoming your holy place. Wherever I look, I only see your name. In a single moment, everything will change. Feels like it's 459 on a Thursday. Redemption's a minute, a minute away. When I get back on Monday, when I get I won't be, I'll never be the same. When the show for sounds is blasting, that's when it all changed. When final credits rolling, the whole world will see your name. with 459 by eighth day it's a brand new one and tomorrow the gentlemen from eighth day are expected on jam in the am to actually explain this song there's some people who are uh, confused as to why this song 459 has an association with the ultimate redemption they get their chance tomorrow to explain these lyrics to us looking forward in the eight o'clock hour tomorrow welcoming eighth day to the airwaves here at jam in the am <coughs> Ephraim Mendelson before that with Bayez y Bonnet. You're listening to JMNAM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, one person asked what time the Washington rally starts. It's National Mall at 1 p.m. 1 p.m. I'm assuming it's one of these uh, 1 to 3 deals. That's what I'm assuming. The program will last from 1 to 3, and then people will start heading back. Uh, to wherever it is that uh, they're coming from, New York, New Jersey, and other areas, hopefully, around this country. Washington rally scheduled for a week from tomorrow, the 14th of November. Again, 1 p.m., National Mall. Do your hardest to be there. Um, make sure your schools, your schools, your organizations are renting buses or planning to go down by train or planning on driving down the night before, whatever the case may be. Get those plans, uh, get those plans settled, so you could start uh, arranging your week properly. A lot of people will need to take the day off, the entire day off Tuesday, in order to make this happen. So we understand that, to say the least. Um, I mentioned that I spoke to a friend of mine in Israel 
uh, early this morning who was giving me the most incredible and amazing positive perspective, how so many from right to left, and he's in touch with a lot of people from right to left, think we are in the middle of something very, very big right now, a price we paid, that's for sure. But now as um, the people of Israel are rebounding from this terrible disaster, it seems everyone feels a certain incredible, uh, um, has an incredible feeling going forward. That's what he said to me. And this is somebody who now has four children in Gaza and two children up north. Ah, yes, yes, yes. There are families in Israel with a lot of children involved in this war. And we must remember that. In addition to uh, what's happening a week from tomorrow in Washington, D.C., very, very important, UJA Federation and the JCRC have have arranged for a rally, a pro-Israel rally, uh, today, 84th and Central Park West. Are you anywhere near the Upper West Side this afternoon? If yes... 84th Street, Central Park West. They're suggesting that everybody move in to that area through Columbus Avenue. So Columbus and 84th is how you want to enter. And again, Central Park West and 84th is the um, is the rally. The program will begin at 5.30 p.m. Again, the program will begin at 5.30 p.m. And we hope to hear from elected officials, community leaders, etc., hopefully with very, very positive messages. And uh, let's hope that enough people show up that it gets great press coverage. I do remind everybody that every major city, it seems, in this country is uh, having uh, free Palestine rallies every other day. That's the way it seems, including Washington this past weekend. We need to get to the streets. Those of you who remember the Soviet jury movement, those of you who remember rallies, Uh, against Iran and against uh, Hezbollah and Hamas back in 2001, 2002, 2003, the height of the intifadas. Those of you who remember that, you know how important it is to get to the streets during now, 2023. This is a message we must pass on to our children. We know with all the social media, not discouraging anybody from fighting this battle on social media, we need people to fight the battle. With all the social media, and all the emails, and all the letters to the editor, and all that should continue, and all the letters to public officials. With all that going on, nothing compares to thousands and thousands and thousands being on the street, having the media cover it, and having our message be conveyed. I am begging everybody, if you have the opportunity, you're not able to make it, I get it. But think about it. Think about whether you really are able to make it. Today, Upper West Side, 84th Central Park West. The program will begin at 530 Washington. Hey, if you're affiliated with a school, a shul, an organization, any type of uh, outfit that cares about Israel, hop aboard. Find out what they're doing. Get ready to spend the whole. It's a long day. Get ready to spend the day on the bus heading to Washington and heading back and, of course, participating in what I'm assuming is going to be about a two-hour program beginning at 1 p.m. at the National Mall. That's the commitment that needs to be made. We need to be on the front lines for a day. Our brothers and sisters are on the front lines 
not going home, not seeing their spouses, not seeing their children, not enjoying the comfort of their own bed. They're on the front lines constantly. Some of them since Shmini Atzeris. I just saw somebody I know finally got their first break. They were allowed back home for a couple of days after being up north for almost a month. Now's the time. Now's the time for us to get on, on, on these front lines. Show up. Take a day off from work, if possible. I'm not making any judgments. I'm certainly not demanding that people rearrange your schedule if it's not possible. I don't want you to risk your job or risk your children not having the proper care if you're responsible for them, obviously. But if you're not in a situation like that, hop aboard. Get onto the front lines in this battle. Thank God. I don't know who it was even. This is so unclear how this came about, this Washington rally. I don't even know who's responsible for it, frankly. Who made the arrangements for the National Mall? This thing just popped up on Friday. And thank God the rumor of it spurred our so many of our schools to just start renting buses and start publicizing it. Hop aboard. Stand on the front lines for a day in this battle. As our brothers and sisters are on the front lines in that battle. Speak to your school, your shul, your national organizations. Follow the example of what Yeshiva University has done, which is pretty remarkable. They've basically canceled the entire day. And it's November. It's like the height of, you know, courses and midterms and all that. No shiurim, at least as far as I know. There might still be for people left on campus. I don't know. No one's, you know, obviously canceling Torah study. Uh, But certainly no college classes November the 14th so that everybody can use the opportunity to be in Washington that day. And that's a lot of people. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Check out our community calendar. Lots of events up there, including the rally, if you want information for what's happening later today on the Upper West Side. Um, one of our listeners points out how many thousands there were at a pro-Palestine rally in Berlin over the weekend. Yeah. Germany is getting into it. They are getting into it. They are unabashedly, uh, so many of them are unabashedly supporting the enemy in this. Yeah, it's a um, pretty remarkable. Well, I don't know if it's remarkable. Anybody who has spent any time studying the Jewish world and its history shouldn't be remarkable at all, I guess. I still love this, by the way. I, um, where is it? What did I do with it? Yeah, one of the one of the incredible, I think it's incredible, signs from one of the pro-Israel rallies over the weekend. Exchange each hostage for 100 pro-Hamas U.S. students. Good for Israel, good for the USA, good for Hamas. Educational for students. I love that. Halavai, as we say. More coming up. You're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. Every 
Since I was a child, I followed in your ways. Now that I am older, it is harder, I must say. I have my own free will, still I choose you. Being a servant's not a burden when you're working for the king. Who loves you like a son and daughter only wants to bring you closer. Bring me close. Oh, when I feel so far from where you Kunstler Itzik Dadya wrapping up the hour. Avodat Halev. Monday morning broadcast at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemSiegel.com on the AlchemSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Uh, Dr. Marion Stoltz-Leike is with us live via telephone, Vice President of Online Education, Vice President uh, at, at Turo College, and the Dean of the Lander College for Women, part, of course, of Turo University. You can only imagine uh, what is happening uh, 
on a campus like Turo's uh, during this time. I can guarantee you one thing in many ways, very different than what's happening at other college campuses around the United States. Dean stoltz likey a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Nachum, it's always a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And you're right. Um, it's very different on our campus. I guess the best way to summarize it is to say our students' values are our values every day of the year, all the time. And um, look, we stand for we stand together, united for Israel. You know, it's interesting. I am sure, and I'm and I'm guessing, and uh, you don't have to play along. If it didn't happen, you can tell us it didn't happen. But I, I would imagine there are certain students who said to you that they were considering other campuses, other institutions, and now, in light of what's happened over the last month, they're glad they're with you. For sure. I, I think that's an understatement. Absolutely. And what students are saying also is that they're comfortable speaking up and they're comfortable speaking out. They can say what's on their minds and we're there to support them, whatever it is. And what they keep telling me is that's not what they're hearing from others on campuses. So certainly Toro is very, very unique in that way. Yeah. They've got colleagues around the country who are facing an unbelievable number of challenges right now. Dr. Marion stoltz is with us. She's the Dean of Lander College for Women. So, I mean, you know, right to it, so to speak, the impact of the war in Israel on your campus, it's got to be a, uh, uh, it's got to be for, for some students, it's got to be a, um, uh, a a very difficult experience, I would guess, like any other uh, person in the Jewish community who's been witnessing what's been going on over the last month. I mean, do, do you feel a difference in mood, in atmosphere, in attitude among your student body and on the campus in general? Of course. Of course we do. Look, I think Claudia Yisrael is facing the most devastating and terrifying period, certainly in recent history, and for our students, and honestly for much of our faculty and administration, the first time that they faced a crisis of this proportion. Right. Um, but I think what they're taking comfort from is not only hearing messages from the president, Dr. Alan Kadish, um, and I mean on our campus, but they also appreciate the ability uh, or the fact that the administration is doing things with understanding for them. So, you know, in a lot of ways, we're taking a philosophy of tshuva tfila utzdaka. You know, it's uh, Tayyam Kippur philosophy, but what do you do in a time of crisis when you want to be Miss Palel? You think of those things. And so we encourage them in acts of chesed. We encourage them to do things for one another, kindly for fellow students and certainly beyond the campus environment. But then also we have, since the beginning, um, since we came back to campus on October 9th, we've had Tehillim on a regular basis. We had Divrei Chizuk every day for the first two weeks. We have, we've also very practically, um, and obviously for Tzedaka, for Magen David Adom, for United Hatzalah, for other reliable Tzedakas that they know to give generously. But also for our students, what we've done is try to do activities that let them understand the broader horizon. So, for example, um, we've not only encouraged them to reach out to their elected officials, and, and I have to say we appreciate 
being in New York, President Biden, Mayor Adams, how they've stood up for Israel. And we've encouraged students to write to them, to their senators, to their members of Congress, expressing their feelings, telling them why it's important. And we had a student-run marathon to call officials, Mm. and somewhere between 60 and 100 students showed up. Of course, it was student-run. We provided the pizza, but it was student-run. But to encourage them to really use their voices. But when you're asking about tension and stress of course they feel that as well i and so i got i got interrupt i got interrupt for a second because yes we talk about israel advocacy i don't know if there's a better way outside maybe of you know going to washington next week i don't know if there's a better way to advocate for israel than what you just described you're telling me that students voluntarily got together in the tens and they, meaning tens of students got together and they made calls, as I understand it, to the offices of public officials, government officials? Yes. They made calls. They sent emails. That's they, amazing. They, loud voice, they used their voices. That is amazing. And high schools and colleges, uh, clubs around the country followed the example of Turo University. Brilliant. Giving the students an opportunity and the skills and the tools and the infrastructure to do that. We know how vital it is to be in touch with media sources, with government officials, and with government offices. Wow. Let's encourage this type of behavior on all campuses and from all organizations. Dr. Uh, Dean Marion Stoltz, Leike Lander College for Women, is with us. Now, where I'm, I'm not that I'm confused, but we discussed with Dr. Kadish uh, last time, obviously, uh, so much of Turo's you know, geographic center is now literally in the middle of Manhattan. Where is your campus located? We're located on 60th between West End and Amsterdam. All right. So you don't don't feel the rush or the crush of humanity that's uh, either protesting for us or against us in that area of Manhattan. That's, That's more, I guess, in the Times Square area on a regular basis. Correct. Correct. Our students... Baruch Hashem, it's been quiet in our neighborhood. And there are other universities around us. What I've right. seen is increased um, increased presence, not only of the police, but also of their local security task forces. But it's been very quiet. Baruch Hashem, it's been fine. There, it has not been a problem. And we should mention, by the way, since it's relatively close to you, that today at 530, there's a rally at 84th and Central Park West. I would bet that some of your student body is going to be heading there at the end of the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we are actually going to not only close classes, but encourage everyone to attend the rally you mentioned in Washington next week. Please, God, that's amazing. We have to spread that word and make sure more and more people find excuses to go as opposed to the opposite. Dean, you know, we had the, you and I had this conversation during COVID. Obviously, uh, I, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that a lot of people gravitated toward the medical field after being part of witnessing and experiencing the whole pandemic thing. Um, what's been happening with your campus vis-a-vis Israel? Meaning, I mean, I, I would have to assume that some students have asked for permission to go to, I saw the number recently. 300,000 is the estimate of American Jews 
who have moved, obviously many of them are originally, you know, from Israel, but have moved on a temporary basis back to Israel over the last month, which is an astounding number. I would assume that some students have either asked permission or, or, or announced that they're going to be heading back at this time. Is that, has that happened? So it's a great question. We actually have a student who's in the IDF wow. who's enrolled in classes and what does she do? Um, we can run all of our class, many of our classes remotely. Most yep. of our classes are in a classroom. They can be via Zoom. We have a lot of classes going on synchronously and asynchronously. So any student, and we've had students, first of all, when the war began, uh, there were students in Israel who couldn't get flights home. Oh, good so point. They were able, <laughs> right? They were yeah. able to Zoom into their classes in New York. Right. But now, certainly any student who's in Eretz Israel, we have a branch in Eretz Israel. They can take courses there. They can Zoom into our classes. We can arrange an asynchronous way for them to take classes. We're, we are very, um, we believe that it's important not just to speak about things, but to support things in concrete ways. And you're flexible so, when it comes to that. Tremendously flexible. And that's what students want. Yeah. Honestly, today, that's what students want. They want yeah. that degree of flexibility. They need that today, and the parents need to know that the students have the flexibility. Um, all right, so the um, again... Certain students were pro- pushed, pandemic, good example, you know, to certain areas. And now you've said that you're recommending for students to get involved in certain, uh, uh, whether it's Israel advocacy, certain chesed projects, not only to keep them busy, but to connect to, to, to those groups that are, you know, financially uh, running programs to support Israel, uh, otherwise running programs to support Israel. Do you think this, could, this might affect the undecided students? Do you think that there's some undecideds in terms of their major and in terms of their career who are now discovering things that they might be good at and that might just change the direction of their education? Nahum, I think that's a terrific question. I think for everyone, I get emails from students all the time, every day, what can I do? Here's a program I'd like to run. And it's on every level. So we have students, last week we had a brachos program where students just we brought, we supplied the fruit, food, and everybody made brachos for the soldiers in Eretz Yisrael. And, you know, it's on every level people are looking to do things. But I have students who are bio majors who are thinking now, maybe I should go to law school. Maybe I should do something else. So it's certainly changing how they're thinking about what's going on. But what we've also developed is we have a number of programs. We have a, a couple of generous fellowships. One is the Vera Greenblatt Fellowship Program, which enables our students to learn about advocacy, to learn about public affairs. And what we're looking at, it's not just what our students can do. They have a different way of relating to the world. And what is really needed is in the public policy institutes across the United States, Zionism needs to be spoken about with reference to Israel and the values of Israel. Who better to do that than our students? And they have the social media skills already, right? Much more advanced than any of us. They've got the social media skills. They've been raised on it. They know how to use it effectively. Now all they need, frankly, is the uh, older generations, you know, one like mine, uh, to show them how it's done, meaning in terms of Israel advocacy and what's important and what's not and how to respond and how not to. And uh, you put it all together, you end up, as you just said, with great advocates for Israel down the road. 
a hundred percent. And I think you're right about that social media. It's changed completely sure. the dialogue about everything. Hundred percent. And I think, and I think Nahum, one of the problems that people don't realize with social media, it's like a neighborhood backyard. The people you talk to are people like you, and it's really the responsibility. And I think that's where Turo is truly unique, where we are a center for dialogue for people, for students, we teach our students how to think, not what to think. From a Torah perspective, we realize that's different, but from a secular perspective, the idea is we're really teaching them ideas, information. How do you play with it? What does it mean? Let's pressure test it. And the idea is that's what universities are supposed to be. That's what we still are. And what we're seeing based on what's going on in a lot of other places, is that's no longer happening. Dr. Marion Stoltz-Leike, Vice President for Online Education at Turo College, Dean of Lander College for Women, Turo University. And the Dean, you're going to love the last question. <laughs> what if there are students around the country or around the world who are now reconsidering in terms of the college campus they ended up on? I would like to get to a much more friendly environment. Is this something that you're inviting for the spring of 2024 semester? Yes, we have a wide open door. We certainly would <laughs> welcome students. And we think it's a wise choice. Um, definitely for the spring it's, uh, and we're welcoming, we have 26 different majors. Our students go to the top institutions in the world, the top graduate programs in the world. Um, and students can come and focus on education if they come to us, not worry about safety and security for themselves. Always great speaking to you. Kolak Avod, best regards to everybody at Turo University. Nachum, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. And besides being a pleasure to be here, I always loved your question. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that very much. Dr. Marion Stoltz, like Dean at Turo. And uh, yeah, you talk about what's happening on college campuses around the United States, the things that she was describing in terms of Israel advocacy and with the programs that their students are involved with outside of class ain't, ain't happening on most of the campuses in this country that I can guarantee you. More coming up. It's Monday. It's JM in the AM. Der Heilige
Yossi 
J.M. and the A.M. with the early Shabbos band in Yassis. Kishoshana before that, Eitan Katz and Dad of Shalom Katz. Hertzka Greenfeld had Chuzok, as he says it here at J.M. and the A.M. Monday morning broadcast tomorrow, eighth day in the eight o'clock hour. They're going to explain the uh, song 459 and what it has to do with the ultimate redemption. <laughs> eighth day tomorrow morning at hour number three here. At JM, they am very much looking forward to it. Many of you are aware that there's a rally going on today in New York City. We're asking everyone to be there at 84th Street and Central Park West. The recommendation is to walk in through 84th and Columbus. Today, the program begins at 5.30. Again, program begins at 5.30. I don't think I need to tell this audience how important it is to be at these rallies. Try to encourage those around you, family, friends, synagogue members, etc., to join you at the rally later today. 5.30, the official program, 84th Street. Central Park West in New York City. Just got an amazing text from Ralph Rosenbaum, who I, of course, call uh, Mr. Chairman, as many of you know. Ralph says the young Israel of East Brunswick released a flyer yesterday for a bus to Washington on the 14th of November. It's a week from tomorrow, right? That's the rally, a week from tomorrow, 1 p.m. at the National Mall. The bus is full we have to get another bus. Baruch Hashem. I hope this replays, this whole scenario plays itself out multiple times in the multiple communities around the, um, around the country as people make their way to Washington next Tuesday for the very, very, very important massive rally in Washington, D.C. Speak to your schools, speak to your schools, get the momentum going. Let's make sure everyone can make it. Obviously, if someone has, you know, child care issues or they can't get away from work, we get it. But the default should be that everyone should try to be in Washington next week. There are some major Jewish communities between here and Washington. There are some major Jewish 
communities between here and Washington, D.C. We should do everything in our power to convince everybody in those communities, those communities who might only have, I don't know, a two-hour drive to Washington, a -a two-and-a-half-hour drive to Washington. I bet you a lot of people in this audience have a lot of friends and relatives in the communities that I mean. There are some heavily populated Jewish communities, some very noticeably Jewish communities between here and Washington. Let's do everything in our power to encourage everybody in those communities to be in Washington on the 14th of November. More coming up Monday at JM in the AM. J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning broadcast from our New York City studio live on a Monday. That's from Kobe Brummer and company, by the way, that selection. Well, we, we it's been recommended to us now for the last couple of weeks to speak with somebody about what's happening in the Israeli wine business. Many of you are aware of the fact that when it comes to business in general and companies in general in Israel, uh, both the um, 
both, how do I put this? Both the, uh, uh, the IDF reserve creates a difficult circumstance. Obviously, a lot of workers and a lot of people who normally would be working for a company are now serving in the IDF. And then there might be other ins- uh, ancillary uh, employees that are simply not being employed at this time for whatever reason. Everyone can use their imagination. So we were told that it's a, it's a good idea, and we totally agree, to speak with someone who has a view from above of the entire Israeli wine scene. And that, of course, is Adam Montefiore, who is an Israeli wine specialist, a consultant, an educator, a marketer, a writer, somebody who lives and breathes the Israeli wine industry. He is officially CEO of Adam Montefiore Wine Consultancy. Adam, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Well, it's nice to be here again. We've, I've been on the show before, and it's a pleasure to speak to you from Israel. I appreciate that. Adam, Adam, Adam with a little dig on me since I didn't remember our first encounter, but it is a delight, seriously, to welcome you back to these airwaves. Um, not only is what I described a fact, and you'll, of course, elaborate in terms of you know how wineries just employee-wise are trying to keep up with things, but all of this happened at a moment's notice. We know, of course, that all of this began on Shmini Atzeret, and by the time everybody went back to work over the days uh, post-Shmini Atzeret, you know, so many hundreds of thousands had already been in reserve duty. How would you describe what you saw and what you observed that Israeli wineries were going through right after the war began? Well, this, this what I call a Simchat Torah massacre happened uh, on one day, and by the very next day, um, every every business in, in Israel was hurting. I mean, every every soul in Israel was hurting. There's not anyone in Israel that doesn't know someone who was murdered, uh, missing, or kidnapped. Literally, everyone in Israel knows someone. So it's uh, an event that has hurt Israel, affected Israel to its very roots, uh, to its very foundations. And a lot of wineries were still trying to get their red wine harvest in, the red grapes, and suddenly they found a number of things they lost workers who suddenly went on reserve duty to the IDF. They lost foreign workers right. who suddenly were withdrawn. Um, they lost a lot of their employees because they had to stay at home and look after young children because schools were cancelled. So, for instance, my daughter had to stay at home and look after her young children. Um, something like half a million Israelis have been evacuated from their houses. They're refugees. Uh, this is around uh, the communities uh, in the Western Negev, where the uh, where the uh, uh, where it actually ha- uh, October the seventh actually happened, um, uh, but also in the Upper Galilee. So you've got about about a hundred communities, villages, towns, which are evacuated, and people are living in hotels or with friends and family. Um, something like 40% of Israel businesses are with less than 20% of the workforce. Uh, the the uh, winemaker of Shino Winery, uh, Amichai Luria, told me he was left with just two workers. 
So they had to bring in the rest of the harvest, uh, and they then they had to ferment the wine and then start blending the wine, all with reduced personnel. And some wineries have winemakers uh, who have been called up, so an assistant winemaker has had to take responsibility. The whole hospitality and tourism and agricultural sector is devastated. Um, there's something like a, a 50 to 80 percent drop in sales. Uh, no one is interested in drinking wine. Uh, no one uh, is doing going to restaurants. Restaurants are closed. They're all making food for for the soldiers. Um, I mean, I could go on without stopping. Yeah, and I, 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 I was just going to say, radio program. You just, yeah. you just, you just for us. I mean, for you, it wasn't stumbling upon it because you analyzed this. But for us, because of you, we just stumbled upon things I never even considered. A lot of restaurants are closed. We saw it, of course, when we were there, uh, you know, 10 days ago. A lot of restaurants are closed. A lot of them serve wine. The, the mood of the country, you know, gatherings that normally would lead to wine drinking are obviously curtailed, to say the least. And, uh, and, on, top of, and on top of that, I didn't even consider the timing. This is, you know, I know every industry has its timing. Every industry, you know, has its problems. But for the wine industry, this is a time of year that's really key for the harvest. And very often you need a lot of manpower to take care of it properly. And that's one of the situations that people found themselves in when they were trying to tend to their vineyards and get that harvest done. So as, as much as we think that it's just a matter of losing employees, it goes so far beyond that. Absolutely. I mean, all visitor centers are closed. There's no tourists. And, you know, since since uh, we're now a, a month away since that terrible Shabbat. Um, and um, I haven't seen a film. I'm not in the mood. Uh, I'm not in the mood to drink wine, not in the mood to go to a restaurant. Right. Not in the, you know, people aren't in the mood to drink wine. And it's not out of a feeling of guilt. People just are not in the mood. Wine suddenly seems something very unimportant yeah. and rather a luxury. Um, and this brings me to the next point of, of why I wanted uh, to speak with you, is to say we need help. I mean, we've got growers, farmers. Um, it's not just the wine sector. It's the whole agricultural sector that's happening. It's just I live in the wine bubble, so it's wine that interests me. But uh, people uh, are going down helping to pick the cherries, the lettuces, uh, in the in the uh, area by Gaza, which the, all the workers have left, so there's no one to pick them, um, and uh, people are volunteering, and the volunteering in Israel has been amazing. I mean, if there's one good thing that's come out of this whole event, is Israel is united like never before, and you've got people all across the political spectrum, all across the religious spectrum, who are going to help together in any way they can. Um, and that spirit is what will carry Israel through. Um, and it's it's very exciting to see it uh, in a country that's been riven by dispute for, for a while. So it's it's um, that's the good that's come out of this. But we need help. And the help we need is for all your listeners to go and buy an Israeli wine Today, now, put it on your table. And the reason we need this is for two reasons. It's one, to help uh, the growers, to help the uh, winemakers and wineries. They need it. There's no sales in Israel. 
and Israeli wine industry, the economy of Israeli wine, is built on sales in Israel. Most of the sales are in Israel. Um, export is less. But people in Israel are not drinking. Um, the economy has crashed in Israel. Um, so we need people to go out and buy a bottle of wine, go into your liquor store, ask for a bottle of Israeli wine, even if there's not one readily available. Make the owner go and uh, find, go to uh, Royal Wine or whoever to find a, find a bottle for you. Um, and doing that is something so easy you can do, and it's a way you can help. If you're buying a gift for someone, make it a bottle of Israeli wine. You can't give a, a bottle of high-tech as a present, but you can give a bottle of Israeli wine. And nothing represents the people of Israel and the place, Eretz Israel, better than a bottle of wine. Adam Montefiore is with us. You know, it's funny. We've been, we've been hearing the plea, the suggestion, the idea that we should be buying bottles of Israeli wine. I'll say we should be buying cases of Israeli wine, especially with Hanukkah coming up. You wonder what to give your associates, what to give as gifts to the to supporters, corporate people, etc. A bottle of Israeli wine wouldn't be a bad idea, so maybe buy them by the case, folks. But Adam, when we've heard this suggestion, I don't want to say it fell on deaf ears, God forbid, but, you know, it, it, we, we were, we were uh, you know, made aware of the fact that it'll help the Israeli economy. But what you're describing makes this so much more urgent and so much more important. Uh, if the majority of the business of Israeli wineries happens in Israel, we've got to do our part right now to make up for that. Uh, hopefully that's possible. Hopefully we can, in fact, make a dent. Hopefully we can, in fact, make a difference. Uh, but now when we say buy a bottle of Israeli wine or a case of Israeli wine, we're talking about helping out a very difficult and desperate Situation. So we've heard this plea before, but the way you put it has really given it emergency status, frankly. And, and the other thing it does, apart from helping us economically, is it's just putting Israel up front. Yep. We, we, you know, we've seen the response. Um, we've seen the, I mean, for the first time ever in my life, I've rung up my family in England and said, be careful. I've never done that before for, for, for anti-Semitic uh, problem re reasons. Yeah. I've never done that before in my life. So buying a bottle, putting it on your table, putting Israel up front is a way of, uh, as, as Victor Schoenfeld uh, put it, uh, wine make, famous winemaker, using culture to banish the darkness. Yeah. Put, put Israel up front so people see we're drinking Israel with pride. And apart from anything else, it's a very easy way to help. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. people people listen to your program are longing to help. What can we do to help? Where can we send money? Where can we send clothes? Where can we send toys for the children that have been uh, become refugees? Um, but here, you can do something. You can do it today. You can do it every day. And you can uh, really feel that you're helping and you and you are helping because it's also helping our spirits. Yeah, I, uh, I've been <laughs> I've been telling people that uh, our brothers and sisters are on the front lines. Some of them literally, as you know, our role is to, you know, buy some wine bottles and enjoy them. That's essentially it. And I'm not minimizing the contribution of the Jews in the diaspora at all. People know that people know me well enough. But really, when you think about what our assignments are, they're much, much easier. And one of them is to buy Israeli wine, keep Israeli wine and Israeli products at the forefront and support those 
that are in such a difficult situation. Adam Montefiore is with us. So uh, is there a, is there a way to conjecture this whole scene? I mean, I, I would guess that that your industry, like any industry in Israel, is basically you know living day to day, and no conjecture about the future of the industry can be made until we see how this war goes until we see you know when people the refugees you described are heading back to their homes and when the idf doesn't need as many reservists am i right that until then it's a day-by-day process well uh, nature doesn't wait the, the vines keep growing right the harvest has to be made the wine has to be made so you have to go on even though no one's in the mood to blend the wine and no one in a mood to to think about something as unimportant in wine when so many people are held captive and there's so many funerals everywhere. But the harvest has no respecting of uh, of uh, of this event. Yeah. Everything goes on agriculturally as normal. So we have to continue, and that's also good for the soul. You have to continue. You have to blend. You have to uh, decide what wine you want. Uh, uh, to be in in the next six months or the next year and a half or, or however long it's going to go in a barrel, uh, and that's that's quite good because people have to people involved in wine have to get up and they have to go to work, and they they have to work harder because there's fewer people, but they have to continue, and and that is also a process that keeps people busy, which is which is a good thing, um, but we've got no idea how long it will last. Um, we've, uh, we know that, uh, you know, some containers have gone out, but one of the, uh, one of the ports in Israel is under attack. So that slows everything down. Right. Uh, we're all running to bomb shelters or safe, uh, safe, safe rooms, um, uh, every day. Um, but, uh, in a way life continues, uh, even though it's changed in a way that, you know, this 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 terrible massacre was the worst single day of for Israel's uh, for the Israeli people since the Shoah. Yeah, um, which is which is saying something. I mean, it's uh, brought back a lot of memories to this generation, which sounded like their uh, their Sabah and Sabta told them uh, in the in the past. No question about it. Ironic that we're speaking on this day of Shloshim that's being observed for those who are. Murdered back on Shmini Atzeret. Adam Montefiore has a, uh, and, and it hasn't hit me till now. It's interesting, even me. Uh, this conversation has made has had a profound effect, and I hope it's had a profound effect on everybody listening right now. Uh, th- we, we always talk about what we could do. Um, Israeli wineries, as you hear, and as Adam so uh, aptly described, are going through a very difficult time. And as he also said, nature doesn't wait. They've got to keep the process going year-round no matter what. No matter what the situation is, no matter how many reservists have been called up, no matter how many people have been displaced, they've got to continue the process. And there are over 300 Israeli wineries. We're familiar with a number of them, obviously, because of our friends from Kedem and those that import to the, uh, or export, I should say, to the U.S. But there are over 300 wineries in Israel, uh, many of them family-owned businesses that uh, are in desperate need of help at this time. The message, very simple, buy Israeli wine. Buy Israeli products in general, but wine is a uh, is a higher-end, um, certainly much-coveted product. So everybody out there, as you, as you think about buying a bottle of Israeli wine, as I keep saying, buy a case instead. And with Hanukkah coming up, I hope you'll be distributing uh, gifts in the form of Israeli wine bottles to your family and friends. 
Uh, Adam, this has been an eye-opening conversation, to say the least. A lot of people in the industry are uh, are going through a very difficult time, that's for sure. And, um, and, and, uh, and I, as you said to me off the air earlier, there are hundreds of small boutique wineries around Israel that are not producing wine at the levels uh, that companies that we're used to hearing about are producing. So I can imagine that, uh, that they, the small ones, need just as much help, if not more, that the larger ones need. Well, I, I read a, one today about a small winemaker who's um, who's on reserve duties. So he's in the army, huh. um, uh, and and no one's making the wine. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't got stuff. So, you know, it's it's terribly. Um, uh, it, it reminds us all the t- all the time. Uh, we have we have winery people with uh, family hostages hostages in uh, uh, one wine importer. Uh, his grandparents have been held hostages in their 80s. Uh, another wine importer, his son, who went to a peace music festival um, and re- manages a restaurant. He's a, he's a sort of a wine guy, and his father's a wine importer. His name's Omar, and he's, he's in Gaza. He's in Gaza. No one from the Red Cross has visited him. His parents are going out of their minds. But if that wasn't bad enough... There are babies there. There are, you know, eighty-year-old grandparents without their medicine. It's um, it's a brutality, um, a bestiality that uh, you know we haven't seen since the middle Middle Ages. I mean, it's something, it's something, um, uh, it's something amazing. The world is crying out for um, uh, for humanitarian humanitarian aid. Humanitarian, yeah. Uh, and yet, what about the humanitarian issues of the of the hostages? There's babies, not even toddlers, babies there. So it's it's um, you know I've got a disc a disc around my neck, uh, which says "Bring them back now," and it says my heart is with the captives in Aza, and it's got the date seventh of October, October the seventh, twenty twenty three, uh, and this is a disc that I'm wearing until they come back, um, and. Um, so we're all living with all the families. Um, the stories that are coming out, uh, even new stories of incredible bravery or credible tragedy, like of which I've, I've never experienced in my lifetime. Um, and uh, so Israel is, is in a kind of depression. Israel is suffering. Um, Wine is not on, on, on anyone's mind. It's on my mind because I live in this <laughs> in this little in this little world of wine. But what you said earlier, uh, buy any Israel product, is really what I should be saying. But because I'm interested in <laughs> wine, I talk wine. But uh, buy anything of Israel, hundred percent. And there's many many places you can get charities you can give, and people the refugees I talked about, a lot of them left, leaving all their possessions behind yeah. or a lot of their possessions were destroyed in fire. Yeah. This uh, is their, their houses were simply burned down. This is something so, that, uh, this is something we described after our visit to the Shalom hotel. And when we were in Jerusalem and met, uh, I don't know, close to a thousand refugees. And, uh, when we're in Israel again next week, we hope to convey to this audience, the mood of the country, but I have a feeling it's going to be exactly as you just described. Adam Montefiore with a pretty simple message, everybody. We have a role in this. An easy one. Let's uh, carry it through as best as we can. Adam, can't thank you enough for joining us. Am Yisrael Chai, Chazak, Chazak, Vinit Chazek, and of course, 
Biyachad Ninatseach. Together we will win. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. For sure. Thank you. Thank you very much. The amazing Adam Montefiore. No one knows wine like he does, especially the Israeli wine scene. And um, wow, he had some powerful words to say the least. In addition to what Adam said regarding the purchase of Israeli products and Israeli wines, I do want to remind this audience we have another way to stand on the front lines on this side of the world. Today, 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 5.30 p.m., the program begins at 84th Street and Central Park West. The suggestion is to go, to get, to go into that area from Columbus and 84th Street. Please be there for the rally today. Upper West Side. Next week, Washington. Speak to your schools, your schools, your organizations. Rent the buses, hop on the train, take a car that morning or the night before. Just make sure to be in Washington, 1 p.m. National Mall on the 14th of November, Tuesday of next week. Don't think of reasons not to go. Think of reasons to go. And if you can't make it after you've gone through that whole process because you you're afraid for your job. You're afraid uh, that, you know, child care, you, the, the child care situation you're in. Okay, whatever it is, it is. You know, everyone's got a reason. It's well understood if you can't make it. But don't start with that. Let's start with everyone trying to make it. Adjust things that, in order to be there. And hopefully we'll have a massive crowd next week in Washington as well. Wrapping things up with the Haram Gaon Monday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM and the AM. Coming up next, Meir Milim with Rabbi Benji Kramer. He will analyze chapter 83 of Tehillim. Chapter 83 of Tehillim. Right, Benji Kramer with Meir Milim right after JM and the AM. <laughs> Sim Asher Partsu El Kraf Zoem Venit 
שרפו באש טילים ואש נ"מ בשם הצנחנים שבין עופרת ועשן ראו אותך כמו מלאך מעל ראשם בשם חובשים רופאים שבנפשם ומעודם החזירו רוח וחיים השיבו דם אני Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSingle.com and the NachumSingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Monday here at JMN. My thanks to Dean Stoltz-Loyke. My thanks to... Adam Montefiore, my thanks to all of you. See you later today, 5.30 p.m. at the rally. It's 84th and Central Park West, 84th Street, Central Park West, 5.30 p.m. The program begins. Washington, a week from tomorrow. Do your best to be there, everybody. We'll be in Israel broadcasting. 
We'd like to tell everybody in Israel that there was a massive, massive, massive crowd at the National Mall in Washington, D.C. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.